We've been on a series for a, uh, a few weeks now that we're calling the keys of the kingdom. The keys of the kingdom, and it is uh, based on the text that's right here in um, Matthew 16 and also Matthew 18. Matthew 16, and beginning here about uh, verse 19, Matthew 16:19, Jesus said, And I will give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. The New Living says, whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. The New Century Version, the NCV Version says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. The things you don't allow on earth will be the things that God does not allow. And the things you allow on earth will be the things that God allows. Is that true? Just that one question. Is God allowing what we allow? And so when you ask the question, why does God allow? All these things. Well, is he allowing what human beings are allowing? The scripture said in the Psalms, it said, uh, The heaven, even the heaven of heavens is the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. The earth he has given to the children of men. And that explains why it's in such a mess. (laughs) Because God really did give the earth to human beings. And they allowed the devil in. Adam and Eve allowed the enemy in. And so one one of the favorite phrases that you hear traditional church uh, repeat is that God, usually they spell it G-A-W-D, God, (laughs) is in control. And people are adamant about God is in control. If you mean the big plan and how things are going to turn out ultimately in the end, then yeah. If you mean everything that's going on with human beings on a daily basis on the planet, no. No. That's not true. And if you mean that everything that's happening down here is the will of God, absolutely not. Absolutely not true. I want you to go with me to Luke, if you would please. The fourth chapter. Luke 4, in the, uh, the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness, you remember that after he was baptized in the river and he came up and the Holy Spirit came on him 
And he was led into the wilderness where he was tempted, tried of the devil for 40 days and and nights, the scripture said. Well, there were three uh, major temptations that we're given detail about. And one of them is here. Luke 4, verse 5. It said, the devil, taking him up into a high mountain showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Now, in our text, what did Jesus say he gave us? The keys of the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven. Here, we're reading about the kingdoms of the world. The U.S. is one of these kingdoms. Of the world right now. Now they used to be. All of them used to be kingdoms. Because they were headed by a king. Or a queen. But then. Kingdom just means. The domain. Where the king has dominion. Or control. So what do keys give you? Control. I said keys give you control. If you've got the key to the car, you can control the car. You can use the car. If you've got the key to the house, you can get access into the house, and you can control who can't get access to the house. Amen. You can lock the door with the keys. Mm-hmm. Whatever you bind will be bound. Whatever you loose will be loose. Whatever you allow will be allowed. Whatever you forbid will be forbidden. Keys denote Control. Control. Well, here the devil shows Jesus in a moment of time all the kingdoms of the world. Now, one of the biggest at that time was uh, Rome, the kingdom of Rome. So he saw that. And all of the lands and peoples that, that, that uh, the Roman Empire Controlled. He also saw the other kingdoms of the world. And I want you to notice verse 6. And the devil said to him, said to Jesus, all this power. Now that's the, that's the Greek word for authority. Exousia. All this authority will I give you. Who's talking? Who's he talking to? <laughs> The devil tells Jesus, all this authority, what, of all these kingdoms, I will give to you and the glory of them. Now, there's a lot of even church-going people, there's even theologians who say, oh, that ain't true. He, he was lying. Well, you can be sure he was lying about part of it because he's a liar. But if he didn't have the authority of those kingdoms, it wouldn't have been a temptation. Huh? And Jesus would have known that. And so it wouldn't even have been a temptation. And the scripture says it was a temptation. So no, how would the devil have gotten this? Did God give it to him? All this authority of what? Of the Roman Empire? Of... um, all the other empires, that would have included all the empires that were in the, the Far East, Asia, 
everything at that time, everywhere human beings were, all the authority of these kingdoms, the devil said, I will give it to you and the glory of it, for that is delivered to me. He said, the authority of these kingdoms in the earth has been delivered to me. Well, who delivered it to him? Your grandpa? Huh? I said your grandpa did. You might say, Adam? Eve? What in the world? Hey, don't get too lippy. Because what they did was sin. Have you ever done that? Then you ain't got a word to say. Hmm? Because of that, they bowed their knee, if you will. They ignored the command of God. They believed or yielded to the lies of the... Eve was deceived. She believed the lie the devil told her. Adam wasn't even deceived. That, that basically makes it worse. And he went along with her and followed her into it. And they, they delivered because in the beginning, God made the, the earth... And everything that's in it. And he made man. And he gave them dominion. Am I quoting the scripture right? He gave them dominion over all the works of his hands. Like we just got through quoting from the psalmist. The earth has he given to the children of men. He gave it to Adam and Eve and their descendants. Which includes us. But. They listened to the wrong one. And they obeyed the wrong one. And the devil took it and usurped it. And now in 2 Corinthians 4.4, he is called the God of this world. He's not God. There's only one God. He's not even God of the solar system. (laughs) Much less the galaxy. Your father is God of the universe. The devil is the illegal God of the earth for a short amount of time. I know it seems like a long time to us, but with God, a millennia is like a day. So... He said, all this, the devil said, the authority of all these kingdoms and empires. And so what we see, we see this from Daniel. We see this from the epistles. We see this from other places that behind the leadership of the nations of the world are wrong spirits that are influencing the wrong direction. Contrary to God contrary to faith in Jesus, contrary to what is moral and good and right. And sadly, the earth has not been getting better. It's been getting worse. It's been going the wrong way. But uh, it's only a certain span of time that God will allow that, and then he is going to step in and take control. And when he does, you won't have to wonder if he's in control or not. You won't have to ask anybody. (laughs) 
But at this time, God is not controlling the inhabitants of planet earth. He is not controlling everything that's going on down here. Much of what, in fact, unless you invite him in, he's not involved. Now see, that's, that just blows religious minds right out of the water. But think about the revelation. The Lord said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Huh? And if you will answer the door, if you will let him in, then he will come in. What if you don't let him in? Then he won't come in. If he doesn't come in, he's not involved with you. Then your life is godless. No God involved. Now, it is so sad that people are blaming all of their problems on God who's not even involved in their life. That's the problem. I said, that's the problem. Is no God. Ephesians talked about that before you got saved, you were without God and without hope in the world. So the problem is without God. Not that God is controlling and implementing all this evil stuff that nobody can understand. The issue is God's not involved. Oh, but if you will invite him in. How many have invited him in? I want to know how many has said, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Please come in. Come in. How many want God all up in your business? Too? How many would say, I want God all in my business. In all my business. God, I want you in all my business. I want you, I want you involved. What well, you will have to give place to him. You, you'll find this about the Holy Spirit. He's not like the devil at all. The devil is a coercer. He's a manipulator. He's a forcer. A trickster, a deceiver, not God. The Holy Spirit won't make you do a thing. Even if it's something that would save your life. Even if it was something save you from hell. As serious as that, he will not make you do it. He will prompt you. He will try to talk to you. He will try to lead you. He'll try to help you. But if you won't listen, then you won't listen. He won't make you. Oh, but if you're wise, if you're smart, you will ask. Yeah, I said, you will ask. You will inquire. You will seek. You will yield. You will respond to him. Come on, as an act of faith, everybody watching online, everybody said out loud, Oh, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, I receive you. I open up my heart. And my life to you. Completely. Please. Be involved. In everything. That has to do with me. Hallelujah. Oh what a change in your life. When you do that. And, and that's another way of saying. That Jesus. Is my Lord. He's my Lord. My Savior and my Lord. Now, with these things in mind, we didn't finish reading this, but but when he said, all this I'll give to you because the authority has been given to me and delivered to me, and to whomever I will, I give it. 
And so that, that was going on then in Jesus' time. It's still going on now. That the enemy, he's looking for vessels that will yield to him that he can put in places of power and authority. And all too often, it's been working. Now, that doesn't mean that God doesn't raise up people too. And one of the things I pray for our, uh, in our country, because I, I live here, I'm a citizen, I, I was born here, I got a right to. I say, Lord, raise up champions of righteousness huh? in our government. Raise up men and women that are strong and give them voice and give them support and give them favor. Things that are will, will lead the country right and that will support the church and you and your things. Do you pray that way? You should. You should. The Bible tells us pray for those that are in authority. And if you see something that's wrong, and especially if it's your state and your town, uh, you you should get to binding something. If it's wrong, bind it. Command it to stop. Command it to shut down. If the whole church would stand up in the country like one man and use their authority, oh, brother, what you would see. I mean, things would be, bad things would be brought to a screeching halt. If we just voted as a block, it totally changed things. Anyway, when the enemy told him that, uh, he said, if you will, if you'll worship me, all will be thine. Well, see, he's still, uh, he's still wanting to do with Jesus what he got Adam and Eve to do. He's wanting, uh, you know, submission to him for him to be the head, for him to be authority. Jesus answered and said, get behind me, Satan. It's written. You worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. So he wouldn't do it. Thank God. He refused. He was, he wasn't gonna, the enemy's basically saying, here's a shortcut. You don't have to go to the cross. You don't have to do any of that. Here, just bow down to me and all the king, because who is Jesus? He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of Lords, is that right? And it's written in the book of Revelation that all kingdoms will become his. And the enemy's trying to say, well, here, you don't need to go through all that cross stuff. Just, just, just do this. Uh, uh-uh. no, nah, he didn't fall for that. Thank God. He didn't fall for that. Go with me to the book of Revelation, please. The book of Revelation. If you've never read the book of Revelation, don't be scared of it. Don't, don't go, well, oh, I mean, this is a, how, who can understand the book of Revelation? You can. I said you can. Now certainly uh, there will be things your whole life long that you hadn't seen full in. And you'll keep getting light and revelation. But don't just try to make it mystical. Look for the practical in the book of Revelation. And it will be wonderful what you will see. Because uh, the messages that the Lord gave, uh, revealed to John, were to seven churches, New Testament churches, just like us. And so everything that applied to them applies to us. And then he also showed John the end. 
He showed him how everything would consummate. What everything was going to and how this age of um, human beings uh, and this age of preaching the gospel and, and of grace and these things would culminate. And he, show, he saw, showed him the judgment at the end of everything. And so if you want to know how everything's going to end, this is the book. Well, it's, it's the end of the book. Right? The end of the book is the end of, uh, I, I wouldn't say everything, but the end of this segment. Uh, it describes the end of this planet. This planet is not going, ultimately is not going to be saved. It, it's interesting. It's, it's all in here uh, how it's, this planet's going to be destroyed too. Uh, there's going to, something's going to happen to our star, the sun. And then there's going to be a complete shift in the powers of the solar system and uh, the, the uh, magnetism of the earth's planet. Everything is going to shift and then there's going to be horrific meteors that's going to hit the planet. That's all right there in the book. And ultimately, the planet is going to be incinerated. It is going to melt with fervent heat. And I know people are hysterical over uh, the earth warming. (laughs) But the real issue is the earth melting. (laughs) And you should be more concerned about you being saved. Huh? Because the planet you're standing on, according to the Bible, is not going to be saved. Ultimately. Now, how long between here and there? I don't know. And I'm no advocate of seeing how quickly you can pollute everything. I'm not saying that. But with many people, green is a religion. They, They worship the creation instead of the creator. And that's how you get lost. That's how you get lost. No. It's so wonderful to get enlightened with the truth. Oh, hallelujah. And get your perspectives right. Well, in the book of Revelation, I want you to look in the first chapter with me. Remember what the Lord said that he gave us the keys of the kingdom. The keys of the kingdom of heaven. Is what he said. Now in Revelation 1 and verse 10, John said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. I heard behind me a great voice of a trump as of a trumpet. So this is a, this was a voice, but it sounded like a trumpet. Saying, I am Alpha and Omega. The first and the last. And what you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia. And he lists their names. And I turned to see the voice and I saw seven golden candlesticks. And so he, he saw the master. 
In the midst of the seven candlesticks, one likened to the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, girt with the, about the paps with golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire. Uh, you know, you hear all kind of stuff. People say, well, what color is God? <laughs> is God black? Is God white? Is God... God is fire color. That's what color he is. And most of us are a little too light or a little too dark compared to original creation, but God's going to fix all that. Huh? And if you think, well, I'm a little pale or I'm a little this or I'm a little that, hey, when the glory of God hits your body, you're going to have perfect complexion, perfect hair. Perfect everything, everywhere. Perfect. But God is fire. He's fire colored. Uh, not what we would call, and, and the whole concept of race is a lie. There really is no such thing as races. I mean, people say it. There's no such thing as black and white. Black and white, red, brown, yellow, is not a color. It's a category. Man-made category. So how uh, dark can you be till you're no longer white? How light can you be till you're no longer black? You see what I'm saying? Where's the, where's the line? Well, it's because it's all a lie. The scripture said... All of us are born of one blood. One blood. There ain't no such thing as black blood, white blood, red blood, yellow blood, brown blood. Ain't no such thing. It's red blood. In the truest sense. And we all came, we all got the same parents. Adam and Eve. The belief in races is a belief in evolution. Because a belief in evolution is a belief in subspecies of humans. This is all man-made categories with no scientific foundation. So I no longer use the terms black and white. I don't believe in them anymore. I changed my vocabulary. There's dark. There's light. There's a million shades in between. Huh? But being dark or light does not make you a different kind of human being. Curly hair, straight hair does not make you a different category of human. Am I right or am I right? Is the word right? And you won't find you won't find the word race in the Bible. Now you will find it in some modern translations, but they're wrong. They just put it in there. I don't. They're thinking. But look up the words in the original and you'll see what I'm talking about. It's not there. There's different tongues. There's different uh, tribes. There's different languages. There's different this and that. And the differences we experience are not uh, racial. They're cultural. Right. Huh? If it was a, a color thing, then it'd be the same all over the planet. 
I have friends of different shades all over the planet, and they are not the same. Every place is different. It's, It's because of where you grew up. It's your culture. What you learned in your family, in your area, in your geography. But we are all of one blood. I'm quoting scripture out of Acts. Huh? If you believe the Bible, you don't believe in evolution. You don't believe in evolution if you believe the Bible. I'm sorry, but you don't. Well, I'm not really sorry. but (laughs) Because the truth will make you free. And I would not be sorry about you getting set free from leaving lies. Now, I know some of you got to think about that and chew on that, but uh, help yourself. Uh, He saw the Lord. And if you skip down to verse uh, 17, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me and he said, fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that lives and was dead And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Somebody lost their keys. (laughs) You ever lost your keys? You ever lost your keys? Where's my keys? You ever heard that before? Where's my keys? I can't find my keys. That's what the devil's been saying for years now. Where's my keys? I can't find my keys. <laughs> I have, well, we could help him out, couldn't we? The Lord has them. I have the keys of hell and of death. Now, why, why is that specific like that? Because... We read last week in Hebrews, the second chapter, that the Lord took part of flesh and blood so that he through death would destroy him that had the power of death. So the devil used to have, used to, have The power of death. Well, that's what keys represent. The power of it. The control of it. The authority of it. So when he says, I got the keys of of death, of hell, then that means you've got the authority and the control. And the devil doesn't even have the keys to his own place anymore. He ain't what he used to be. (laughs) I said the devil ain't what he used to be. (laughs) He can't even say that he is the Lord of death anymore. He lost the keys. (laughs) He hadn't even even got ultimate control over hell. He lost his keys. (laughs) Somebody lost their keys. Don't you like that? He don't like it. Which is why I'm going to read it again. (laughs) Jesus said, I have the keys of hell and death. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. He's got the keys. 
He's got the keys. You know, the scripture says in, uh, in, in Corinthians that uh, if the devil and his cohorts had known, they would never have crucified the Lord of glory. They did not know what they were walking into. When, when, they, when they grabbed him and, and, they, and, and they thought, we got, we got him. We got the Son of God. We got him. We got him. He died. Did you see that? They never believed. He would die. He died. And, of course, they got the power of death. Oh, they, hell is, is celebrating mm-hmm. until the end of three days yeah. and, and night. So it was a three-day party. And they ain't partied since. Because they, since then they've been looking for the keys. <laughs> the Father spoke from heaven and said, You are my son. This day I have begotten you. And he became the firstborn from the dead. Hallelujah. And when he rose triumphant over death, Hell, the grave. The next time we see him talking to the disciples, he said, All authority in heaven and on earth is mine. I got been given unto me. So you go. He got it. We've already talked about this. He didn't just get it for himself. He didn't just need it for himself. He got it for us. And so now he has the keys of, of hell and of death. And he gave to us the keys of the kingdom. The authority to bind and loose. This has application here and now, but it goes beyond here and now. You and I are being groomed. For kingdom dominion, kingdom leadership throughout the ages to come. There are important lessons you need to learn. And the only way to learn them is in a wild place like earth. (laughs) Full of the curse and death. Uh, The only way to... Some lessons... You can't learn by just laying on the couch at home. You got to get out there. You got to get in the middle of it. And unless you really have a choice of whether you will believe or won't believe, you will love or won't love, you will obey or you won't obey, you can't have real faith or real love or real loyalty or real commitment unless you got a real choice. And so God has given all humanity this choice. And for their very brief life, if it's 50 years, 100 years, whatever it is on the planet, people are proving what their choice is. Whether they'll believe or won't believe. Whether they'll trust God or won't trust Him. Whether they'll reverence Him or they won't. Whether they'll obey or they won't obey. Whether they'll be faithful or they won't be faithful. And this is the trying proving ground and from amongst the billions in the sequential generations on the planet God is selecting chosen ones hallelujah Hallelujah. that have demonstrated 
their faith in him and their love for him and their respect and their obedience and their faithfulness to him. And these are his treasure. These are his special harvest out of this planet that are his own sons that he is grooming to rule and reign with him in his kingdom that shall never end. Well, come on, sit out loud. Rule and reign with him in the kingdom that shall never end. This is the briefest thing we will ever do. Our life down here is the shortest thing we will ever do. And it is uh, training. And the biggest thing about it is our choice. What we choose. And the Lord, he's watching us. He's looking at our heart. And based on what we're doing in this life, we're going to have positions and placement in his kingdom. We, uh, we don't have authority over human spirits right now. We don't have authority over everything right now. But we do have authority over evil spirits. And we do have authority over sickness and disease. Now, I know a lot of church-going people don't believe that, but the Bible says you do. And you do. And if we just begin operating in that, that is part of our training for a bigger scope of authority past this life. That the Lord, all, he, all of His promotion, all of His placement works like this. He gives you a small charge and sees what you do with that. And Jesus said, if you're faithful in that which is least, you'd be faithful with much. Look in the third chapter, please, of Revelation. Y'all okay? Do you like the Bible? How wonderful the Bible is. How wonderful the Word of God is. I, I uh, I didn't finish this. Go back to chapter 1, Revelation 1, and back up to verse 5. I'm reading this in the Amplified. Revelation 1.5. It said, And from Jesus Christ, the faithful and trustworthy witness, the firstborn of the dead. Not only born, firstborn now. The prince of the kings of the earth. Jesus is the king of kings. The Lord of Lords. Who are the kings he's king of? Who are the lords he's lord of? Keep reading. He is the prince, the ruler, or we could say the king of the kings of the earth. To him, whoever loves us and has once for all loosed. Now, the King James doesn't say loosed. What does it say? Washed. And he has washed us from our sins, but that's not the word that's here. The word that's here is loosed. 
He's loosed and freed us from our sins by his own blood. 1 John 3 talks about that for this purpose. Was the Son of God manifested that he might destroy, and again that's the same word, that he might loose us from the works of the devil. Keep reading. Uh, Well, let's see, back up. I don't know if I finished that or not. Verse 5. He has once for all loosed and freed us from our sins by his own blood. Say that out loud. He has once and for all all. loosed and freed me me. from my sins sins. by by his own blood. Hallelujah. Verse 6, in the King James, let's go back to the King James now. King James. And he has made us, what? Kings and priests unto God and his Father. You are not, contrary to hundred years, hundreds of years of religious tradition, you are not just an old sinner saved by grace. You were an old sinner. You have been saved by grace and faith. And now you have been made the righteousness of God in Christ. And you have been made a king. Oh, I don't know. I don't think you heard that. You've been made a king. So I said, I've been made a king. I've been made a king. I've been made a king. And a priest. To God. I'm a king and a priest. King priest. To God. And his father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. He's made us kings and priests. Who ever heard of a king with no authority? You wouldn't be much of a king if you had no authority. No such thing as a king with no authority. If you're a king, you have authority. Now skip on down to the, uh, well, I'll tell you what, while we're on this uh, topic, go to the fifth chapter, 5, 9, and we'll, we'll come back to 3, I, I think. Either that or you can come back next week. <laughs> Revelation 5, 9 says they sung a new song. And they said, you are worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For you were slain and you have redeemed us uh, to God uh, by blood out of every kindred tongue, people, and nation. Now, this is one place where some modern translations will stick the word race in there, but it's not in there. The King James is more correct in that regard. Kindred, your kinfolks. Tongue, your language. People, that's the bigger group beyond your family. And your nation, well, you're, you, know, you know what your nation is. You know what these are. But God has redeemed us Out of all these different groups. By his blood. And verse 10. And. How many believe you've been redeemed? 
Huh? How many believe? I want to see a hand. How many believe you've been redeemed by the blood? Well, then you should believe this next part too. And he wasn't even through talking. And. Somebody say and. And has made us to our God kings and priests. And we shall reign on the earth. Now the reigning begins right here and now over principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, over spiritual things. Your ruling and reigning is supposed to be going on now. Now you don't control the whole planet. You don't control human beings. Uh, You have a limited authority in your area of your life and your things, but you have authority over unclean spirits and the work of the enemy that would try to attack you and yours. But past this life, that authority is going to include over peoples, over areas, over cities. You're in training right now. But you're already a king. Hmm? How many understand? A, uh, an eight-year-old who's destined to be king is still a king. <laughs> is that right? He or she may not be able to step into the fullness of it, but that's who they are. I said that's who they are. That's what they are. That's their destiny. They're headed that way. They're being groomed for it, prepped for it right now. That's you. I said, that's you. You're young. Now, we don't think of somebody saying, well, man, I'm 75 years old. Are you? What does a 100-year-old look like to God? Ned in the first reader. Huh? Baby. Baby, 100 is nothing. But we're in the beginning stages, development of our ruling and reigning. Said out loud, he's made me a king and a priest unto God. And I will reign on the earth. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Go to the, fast forward to the end of the book here. Revelation 22. Revelation 22. This thing's growing on me. It's big, isn't it? Yes, it is. Revelation 22, 3. Now this is after everything has completed. This is, now it's just, you know, happy days. <laughs> and there shall be no more curse. We've never lived in a place like that. We've never been in a place like that where there's no curse. It's going to be so wonderful. But the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it, and His servants shall serve Him. Not just sit around playing harps on clouds. (laughs) Say that loud, we will serve Him. And and part of this service has to do with reigning, uh, taking care of the parts of His kingdom that He has put you over. His servants will serve him and they will see his face and his name will be in their foreheads and there will be no night there 
And they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light. And, and, and they shall reign. Reign forever and ever. Who's that talking about? Who's that talking about? Huh? Is that you? You going to be with God? <laughs> then you're a king too. And a priest. And you will reign. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Right now, even right now, the Lord is teaching us how to rule, how to reign in righteousness, in holiness, godliness, faith, grace. He's teaching us. He's showing us. We've got a lifetime down here to learn about it, to get prepped. <laughs> And then uh, the things that you read about in this book are going to transpire. They're going to unfold. They're going to happen. And then we will come into this part of our existence that's not going to change. At that point, millennia after millennia after millennia, we will rule and reign with him in his kingdom that has no end. We will be, we're still his sons. But we're also, he has made us, uh, you know, the whole business is father and sons. Yeah. <laughs> he has made us kings King. and priests. I'm telling you, that, that second word is an amazing word because the priest gets to do things uh, in, the, in the glory of God Hallelujah. and things between God and other uh, groups and entities. And so uh, king and priest... There's nothing in eternity you would rather be. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, my. Where did the time go? You guys listen fast. <laughs> or something. Go to uh, Revelation 20. Now that we've been talking about our destiny, what the Lord has prepared for us and preparing us for, I want you to read about the devil's destiny. <laughs> His end. In Revelation 20 and verse 1. John saw this. The Lord showed him. He let, he let him look ahead in time and see it. I saw an angel come down from heaven having the key <laughs> of the bottomless pit. So the devil's been looking for this key. <laughs> but he is not going to be happy when he sees it. He's going to find the key, but it ain't going to be in his hand and he's still not going to get it. An angel came down from heaven having the key of the bottomless pit and a chain, yes. a chain in his hand. Oh, the devil dreads this day. He dreads it so bad. He laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, 
and bound him a thousand years. And there wasn't a thing he could do about it. I'm telling you, the devil ain't what he cranks himself up to be. He's not even what he used to be. Notice it didn't say God sent a regiment of angels to deal with him. And an angel with a chain. That's like going taking care of a, a bad dog. Would you go chain that dog? (laughs) An angel comes down. He got the key that the devil's been looking for. He got the chain the devil hadn't been looking for. And and he grabs him. He laid hold on him. And I mean, there was nothing the devil could do about this. He couldn't slow it down. And he didn't say they fought for the next hundred years. No. He just grabbed him. Chained him, unlocked the pit, threw him in, shut the pit, and said, I'll check back with you in a thousand years. <laughs> Whoo! A thousand years. Verse 3 cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up. Now, I want you to notice the language through all of this. Bound him. What have, we, what have we been given? Keys of the kingdom, binding and loosing. Bounding for a thousand years. Cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years shall be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed. A little season. So we know the devil can be bound and loosed. We see it here. And I saw thrones and they that sat upon them. And judgment was given to them. And I saw the souls of them. That were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and the word of God. And it went on to the the latter part of that. It said they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Reigning with Christ. Hallelujah. The rest of the dead lived not again till the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. That's when believers are going to be resurrected. And then a thousand year what? Reign. Without being interfered with by the devil. Won't that be nice? I said, won't that be nice? Verse uh, 6, blessed and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection. On such the second death has no power. And now for the third time, but they shall be what? Priests of God and of Christ. And they will do what? They will reign with him. A thousand years. That's in in this segment of it. Then things are going to change again. When the thousand years are expired, Satan will be loosed out of his prison. Can you see binding and loosing through all this? Keys and binding and and loosing. And immediately he went out to deceive the nations. Didn't learn a thing. Can you see that? This is why there's no salvation for him. 
It wouldn't matter how many millions of times, opportunities you gave him to change or repent. He's never going to change. And there are people who get that way too. We don't know their heart, but the Lord knows their people will eventually get to that place where they're not going to change. No matter how many opportunities you give them to change, they're not going to change. Do you want them and the devil living beside you in heaven? No, no you don't. So there's one, only one other place to put them. And, and, and hell was prepared for the devil and his crew. It wasn't just originally prepared for human beings, but if a human being rejects God and chooses the enemy, then they get to go where he goes. There's no other, no other place to go. And God didn't send them there. It was their choice. And you can be sure, in the mercy of God, he gave them thousands of opportunities and chances throughout their lifetime to, to believe him, to trust him. To submit to him and obey. But I'm telling you, rebellion can run deep. Insubordination, pride, defiance. I've had, I've, more, I've had more than once people look at me and just get in my face and go, well, I don't care. Talking about what the Bible said and what, what the Lord said. I don't care. I'm going to do it. I said, well, okay. And it destroyed their life. But what can you do? There comes a point where God won't make them and you can't. Those are some of the toughest things you have to deal with in this life. Which is why the scripture says that there's coming a time there's going to be no more pain, no more sorrow, no more crying, no more dying. And the Lord will wipe away all their tears. There will be so many things That'll be, you know, hard to watch and hear, but God's going to fix it for us. There's coming a time where he, when God wipes away your tears, it didn't just dry your face. It fixed you. It fixed you from sorrowing like those who have no hope. And it'll be needful because of all the, you know, people who made the wrong choices We'll need some help. But uh, he's going to give it to us. Hallelujah. 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 And then there will be no more sorrow. Say it out loud. No more sorrow. No more pain. No more crying. No more dying. No more curse. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. No more. That's where we're headed. That's our future. And ruling and reigning with him. Can you say amen? Amen. Well, stand on your feet. There's so much more, but stand on your feet.